Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. This episode of the Steadfast and Law podcast is brought to us by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The United States Concealed Carry Association literally helps to save lives, and let me explain. The USCCA is a membership association that provides self-defense education, training, and peace of mind to over 500,000 responsibly armed Americans nationwide. Click learn more below right now if you're ready to start your journey as one of them. When you activate your membership, you'll get access to expert self-defense education, life-saving training, and self-defense liability insurance. These resources are literally life-saving, and the United States Concealed Carry Association has first-person testimonies to proving it. With your membership, you'll get access to hundreds of hours of training videos, articles, checklists, guides, and more. You'll be able to get instant, up-to-date information about everything from gun laws to ammo types to home defense drills. And best of all, it's 100% risk-free with the Concealed Carry Association's money-back bulletproof guarantee. That means that if you decide the USCCA is not for you, simply call to request a prompt and courteous refund. So what are you waiting for? Click Learn More right below. And always remember the USCCAA CCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by the Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. And also, with your membership to the United States Concealed Carry Association, you get your bi-monthly Concealed Carry Magazine. And it's a great magazine. I enjoy receiving mine. And this one talks about guns in the media. Uh, because there was once upon a time when we did not demean and denigrate and disparage people who own firearms. As a matter of fact, it was something that was highly featured back in the good old days. And maybe that's why some of us like to go back and look at TV land every now and then. So consider joining the United States Concealed Carry Association. And some of y'all may ask, hey, Colonel. What's your concealed carry weapon? Mine is a Glock 43X. I really love it. Shoots very well. Fits very well in my hand. And I can nail that target. We'll be right back. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Law podcast. And what I want to do is get a chance to talk to a 
military veteran who is now an elected member of the United States House of Representatives, much the same as it was for me about 10 to 12 years ago. And I can't think of anyone better than someone that is very near and dear to me, and I endorsed him in his primary, and that is uh, Colonel Keith Self, United States Army, who just won his election here in uh, Texas, and he is up in Washington, D.C. right now. Let me just introduce you to Colonel Keith Self. Keith Self, a fifth-generation Texan and West Point graduate, served as the county judge, that's kind of like the head of the county commission here in Texas, for Collin County, just north of Dallas, for 12 years from 2007 to 2018. During his tenure, the county tax rate decreased by nearly 30%. Collin County was the first county in the nation to put their checkbook online so citizens can see actual spending, not just budgets. Talk about transparency. Keith has served on the boards of Samaritan Inn, Collin County's only homeless shelter, and the Prestonwood Pregnancy Center. He chaired the United States Army Recruiting Battalion Advisory Board and chairs a committee to select a wounded warrior annually to receive a house built by the Smiles Charity. Colonel Self is a 25-year Army veteran serving on four continents in Airborne Infantry, Special Forces, the Pentagon, NATO Military Headquarters, and the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, Egypt. He and his lovely wife, Tracy, were married after his graduation from West Point, and they lived overseas for a decade. Colonel Self twice served as the in-country coordinator for the Officers Christian Fellowship in Europe, and they attend Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco. Congressman-elect Colonel Keith Self, welcome to the Steadfast and Law Podcast. Thanks for having me, Alan. Great to be here. And uh, I pray that you and Tracy had a great Thanksgiving. And I see you're up in D.C. So what has been the experience like so far? Is it kind of like drinking from a fire hose? Or uh, what, what have been the, the high points that you've seen in your orientation to this point? Well, we call it charm school here, Alan. <laughs> We're in week two of, uh, of uh, the orientation, as you call it. Uh, yeah. We had a week before Thanksgiving. Now we're in the second week. And I will tell you the highlights are meeting my classmates, uh, the fellow freshmen. Now, obviously, we're learning the Republicans. Uh, we don't have a lot to do with the, uh, the Democrat side of the House, but I've met a few of them. But that's been the highlight. Uh, really, it's, it's starting to learn how we act as a small business employer uh, here on the Hill, because that's exactly what we are. Each individual office uh, is a business in and of itself. Now, when you think about you meeting your freshman colleagues, quite a few military veterans in this class coming in. What has that been like and, and sharing experiences with them? It's been absolutely fabulous. We have Across both parties, we have 17 veterans. Great. Uh, but uh, to include from one West Point class, there are three from one West Point class, two Republicans, one Democrat. I've met, uh, we've got an overabundance of Navy SEALs here, uh, I will tell you. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I jokingly uh, chat with them about uh, Navy SEALs versus Green Berets, but all of them are great guys, and yeah. I just so appreciate all of their service. And some of them are really, uh, really have uh, sacrificed a lot in the yeah. defense of our nation. Well, I always tell my Navy SEAL friends that a Navy SEAL is just an Army Green Beret soldier who wanted a prettier uniform. And uh, so they, you can use that with some of those guys. No, the, the way I 
I introduced myself to them is uh, I was a 10th group guy and it's a, it's a pleasure to meet a Navy lifeguard. <laughs> That's a good one. And of course we got the army Navy game coming up. So that'd be a good little, uh, you know, contest as well. So one of the key things uh, is co- selecting the committees that you want to be on. So what have you put in as far as the committees that you would like to serve on? Well, I was actually talking to one of the steering committee members today. Our first priority is the Armed Services Committee. Great. Uh, not only for our, my tactical time, but uh, frankly, the uh, decade plus that I spent at the Joint World, mm-hmm. uh, on uh, NATO, European Command, uh, the embassy in Cairo. So I think that will stand me in good stead. That's my first priority. Uh, second priority is the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, because as the county judge in the fastest growing county in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, we dealt with transportation every single day. So that's my second choice. And then a third choice is the House Admin Committee, mm-hmm. uh, because that's where election integrity resides. That's who governs election integrity. So those are my three choices in that order. Well, let's look at let's start out with the Armed Services Committee, because, as you well know, we are having some struggles with uh, our recruitment and retention. Uh, Our capability and capacity has been degraded somewhat. And we see a lot of threats out there from, you know, China, who now has a larger Navy than we do. And then also what we see happening in Europe. And you're very familiar with Europe. So what would be some of the priorities for Congressman Keith Self, you know, retired Army uh, colonel there on the Armed Services Committee? Well, we've got to uh, turn around this wokeness that we see in the military, first of all. That's, our, that's the genesis of our recruiting wokes. Uh, you've only got 25% of all American youth that are even eligible to join the military. And those are the people that want the mission, that want the camaraderie, that want the challenge. So when you uh, in, introduce this wokeness into the military, they don't see that. They don't see that they're going to have a challenge or the camaraderie to go accomplish a mission. Uh, so I think we've got to turn that around first because that is the genesis of our recruiting problems across every armed service. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one, when you talk about the transportation and infrastructure, you know, we keep hearing about the Highway Trust Fund. You know, I'm very concerned that that has become a slush fund for a lot of things that aren't dealing with transportation and infrastructure because that's the whole reason why we have the gas tax is to keep that uh, – uh, trust fund uh, supply, so therefore we can take care of our roads and infrastructure. Well, if you have an infrastructure or transportation bill, most of that bill ought to go to transportation and infrastructure. It's a very simple concept, and it has not been that way for the last few uh, uh, bills that have been introduced. Uh, people hang ornaments on them like a Christmas tree that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with transportation or infrastructure. And uh, and you wonder why we we have deteriorating infrastructure and roads uh, that might be part of the problem. No, without a doubt. And, you know, the other thing, House admin, you know, you look at what is happening in Arizona where you had just a complete debacle in the county that has 65 to 70 percent of the voting population of Arizona, Maricopa County. What can be done from a federal government level constitutionally? Because, as you well know, the county level is where uh, elections are executed. What can the federal government do constitutionally when it comes to the issue of election integrity? Well, I think the first thing is not allow the Congress to federalize elections. Uh, There were two attempts in this session, in this session, the last two years, to do exactly that. 
And if we allow the federal government to take over our elections, then every shenanigan that we have ever seen will be codified into federal law. Uh, we do not want that. So that's the first protection of our state and local elections. Beyond that, I think we need some uh, modicum of, of uh, minimum standards, such as photo ID. Uh, you identify yourself as a citizen before you vote. So I think without getting into the execution of the elections, there are minimum standards that we can uh, put in place to ensure that we have fair uh, and free elections. You know, and that's a, you bring up a great point because we're here in Texas. You're representing Texas. The border is a complete mess. And the fact that we have people across the country that want to see illegal immigrants participating in our electoral system, uh, I think it's so important that we make sure we have legislation that says you cannot vote in this country unless you're a citizen. And furthermore, redistricting, I know we're 10 years away from it, but redistricting should not be based upon just population, but citizenship, uh, because that's another thing that the left wants to try to implement. So can we have that type of legislation, you think, in the House? Uh, at least we could pass it in the House and we can get it on record that the Democrats don't believe that uh, people should be citizens to vote in the United States of America. Well, I would certainly hope that we could do that, Alan, but we've got to be realistic. We have a very narrow majority in the House. Mm -hmm. The Senate looks like it will still be uh, divided. Mm -hmm. And we still, for the next two years, will have a Democrat president. So, but that does not mean we should not try. Uh, we right. have got to take these stands now because, as you know, bills are often a multiple session uh, marathon. Yeah. So let's introduce the bills now. Let's get them on the table. Let's get people thinking about them. Let's let's mature the bills so that when we have the opportunity to actually pass something into law, we're ready to do it. And it builds a record. Now, uh, another great thing, because you hear so many people saying we don't need to waste time on hearings. I think it's so important to the American people that folks are held constitutionally accountable what do you think about some of the hearings? You know, people are talking about the Hunter Biden probe and, and, and uh, also talking about what has been going on with Ukraine. And now we got this FTX thing. Do you support having these hearings? To, because you're all about transparency. And I think it's important that we have that accountability and responsibility. Well, I'm going to defer to the two people that are going to uh, be the chairman of the Judiciary and the Oversight Committees. I think they've got a good plan. I'm not yet in office, but I think that when I get there, we are going to have a pretty good plan under the judiciary and the oversight committees to make uh, sure uh, that we do ask those constitutional questions. I personally am not interested in revenge. I am interested in constitutional uh, questioning of these various aspects that you mentioned. No, you're absolutely right. Now, Talking about coming into office, I remember one of the big things is that putting together the staff. So how is that going for you, putting together your D.C. staff and then also your district staff as well? We, uh, I think we're doing fairly well. We've got our senior staff in place. Now, obviously, they don't take uh, their position until January the 3rd. Mm -hmm. We've got them identified. They're ready to go. Uh, we're doing some training. So the senior staff is in place. Uh, the the junior staff we're still working on, uh, but frankly, I'm not uh, I'm not that uh, uh, concerned about that because it will come. Uh, but yes, the senior staff is in place. I'm very excited about uh, our office, 
uh, getting started and getting into the daily uh, routine of, of the House of Representatives, yeah. which you know so well. You know, we were talking off camera before we got started about the the drawn selection for the office space that will be happening uh, this uh, end of this week, Friday. What's your anticipations? Because uh, I was in Longworth Building. I love Longworth Building. Uh, it was like the center point. You can get anywhere there. Uh, I know they've been doing some renovations to the Cannon House Office Building. What What are your hopes and desires? Uh, you know, where would you like to see yourself with? To me personally, I'm not that uh, concerned about it uh, because, uh, as you say, well, most of the offices that are available to us are in Longworth. Mm -hmm. So I fully expect to be in Longworth. Uh, okay. It depends on the draw, of course. There are yeah. none available in the newest building, which is Rayburn. Mm -hmm. uh, so I expect to be here. But frankly, I want something that will be the best fit for my staff. I want a, yeah. a great ledge uh, uh, shop office that's large enough to hold everyone I want to, you know, those things that will make the staff more productive. That's all I ask for. Effectiveness and efficiency. And I'm sure you'll be bringing those constituents up there because, as I would tell everyone when I was there representing Florida 22nd, uh, it's not my office, it's their office. And I'm happy to have you come and sit. Now, let's talk about your previous experiences. Let's talk about being the Collin County judge. How does that prepare you for this leap to be now a member of Congress? Uh, Alan, I think it was the perfect uh, training ground for this. For one reason, the county judge in Texas is the senior elected official in the county. So I was the county judge for a million people at the end of my tenure. But it is not a position of personal authority. It's a person. It's a position of either you have personal influence or you are totally unproductive. Mm -hmm. So there's very little personal authority as the county judge, except in the emergency management area. But so you need to be able to influence people to get anything done. Uh, so you've got to influence your commissioners. You've got to influence the community. You've got to influence the city councils. Uh, so uh, I think that's exactly the training that I needed for here in Congress, because I'll have very little personal authority here. If I don't have some personal influence, I'll be very ineffective. You're absolutely right. And then you think think about your 25 years of uniform service. And I always tell people that, you know, they say, what was the best part of you being up there? And, and to understand that we once protected those institutions and now you get the chance to serve in it. What does it mean for you being a 25 year Army veteran deployed all over the world and now you are representing those 750, 800,000 constituents. Alan, every time I walk past the Capitol, whether it be daylight or during the night, I look up and I thank God that I have this position and I have the authority and the responsibility for not just my 766,000 people, but for America. The responsibility is, is tremendous, but it is a tremendous blessing and honor simply to work here. What would you say to any other young military veterans that are pondering doing what you have just done and accomplished? Because I remember you and I sitting down and talking about running for Congress, and I shared my thoughts, perspectives, and insights, and here you are. What message would you share as you've gone through this election process to others who are contemplating the same? Get the personal life experiences that you need to develop you, your character, your values, your way of doing business, your value of life, 
Uh, and if there's anything the soldiers understand is the value of life uh, before we order anybody across the line, uh, it's the value of life. And that's really what I'm here to do is to uh, provide for that uh, quality of life for 766,000 people in my district and 330 million people across the United States. Well, it's just an incredible honor to, to know you, to call you friend, call you brother soldier, and now congressman, elect soon to be congressman Keith Sell. Just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join with us here at the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And we look forward to chatting with you as you go through this process and become a stalwart legislator up there for the great state of Texas. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, Alan. God bless and airborne. All the way. Hua, go Army, beat Navy. Absolutely. Thanks, go Army, beat Navy. That's it. Thanks, Keith. God bless you. And you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Remember, it is so important that we hold people constitutionally responsible and accountable. And that's why I believe that we need to have more men and women, such as Colonel Keith Self, now Congressman-elect Keith Self, former county judge in Collin County, to be up there in that position. Men and women that know what it's like to take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, enemies foreign and domestic, to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that they took that obligation freely without any purpose of evasion or mental reservation, and they concluded by saying, so help me God. When you have people that have been willing to make the last full measure of devotion for this country, and then you transition them over to continue serving this country in a suit and tie or a nice business suit, that's what we need. If we're going to hold people constitutionally accountable, if we're going to restore honor, integrity, this sense of commitment and service and sacrifice to this great nation. So I am so happy that 12 years ago when we, oh, well, a decade, I'm sorry, a decade ago when we started the Guardian Fund Pack, which would meant and the mission was to go out and find, train, and resource more constitutional conservative military minority candidates, Keith Self is one of those guys. And that's what it was all about 10 years ago. It will make a difference for our country. It will make a difference for our future generations. If you like what you have seen in this podcast, please, please hit the like button and share it out to everyone. Again, thank you for joining us. Be thankful for what we have here in the United States of America. And I want to wish you all, as we get ready to head into that season, a happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas. And I'll continue to say it because I do have the freedom of speech. Because that's in the Constitution that I took an oath to support and defend. God bless you all. Step fast and loyal. Before they burn it down.